Hey everybody, it's Rachel. Just a quick note before we start this week's episode, we are now on all the social meds, so be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at allbadthingspod. You can find us on Facebook, email us at allbadthingspod at gmail.com, and visit our awesome, awesome website at allbadthingspod.com. Also, please be sure to rate and subscribe to us on wherever you podcast. If you can't find us wherever you podcast, please drop us a line. Let us know. We want to make sure that we bring ourselves to you wherever you are. Enjoy the show. All bad things. Tragedies, Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning. For everything possible. What? Hello. I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. Today's disaster is the same as our last disaster. This is our, this is our very first two-parter. Yes. But it's, it's something that definitely needs two parts. Yes. Especially with six pages of research. Yeah, it's too much for, uh, for one podcast, really. Yes. So this is part two of the Space Shuttle Columbia disaster. So if you have not heard the first part, go back and listen to it. Or if you just are an expert in it, which is weird, but okay. I just want a quick recap. Yeah. Um, then listen on. Well, I mean, if you watch enough news footage of stuff like this. See, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to something that I'd mentioned in the first episode, I think. Yes. Um... I'd seen the Challenger explosion when I was a nine-year-old kid, mm-hmm. saw it live, right. as millions of other kids did. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's seriously, like, out of all the moments I have in my childhood, that's probably, like, the most bonding one, as far as, like, what you went through with somebody you, you know, you, I would eventually meet people in other places who were nine years old at the same mm-hmm. time I was, but obviously we didn't I know each you. other, and... Like, hey, did, did you watch the Spatial Challenger in your classroom? Like, yeah, yeah like, so did I. Mm-hmm. Like, so did a lot, of, like I said, millions of kids. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot about that mm-hmm. without even, and if somebody did a podcast on it, wink, wink, <laughs> um, I would probably, yeah, just if it would wind up, that would definitely need to be a two-parter. Yes. Oh, at least yeah. a two-parter. Yes. Um, we will do it one day. But yeah, I would try, I would pick up at whatever part. And be like, oh, because I know so much about it. Right. You know, even the recent stuff that's that's happened with mm-hmm. it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is not that. This is not. <laughs> this is the... This the, is the Discovery. No, this is the Columbia. Or this is the Columbia. God, I keep <laughs> saying the Discovery. That's all right. I'm pretty sure I called it the Challenger at one point. Yeah. But it's 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 the Columbia. Uh, Spatial Columbia disaster of 03. Mm-hmm. So February 1st, 2003. So the first episode was setting up all the background on the space shuttle program and on Columbia and uh, its launch and the foam that fell off and during crew. the launch mm-hmm. and the crew. And the foam, remember, do you remember what happened to that foam? Uh, it, it, uh, when they took off, it broke off a piece of... Yes, a foam. Of the wing. No, like a, a foam. Right. And what did that foam do? I thought it broke off a piece no, of something. No, it hit yes, the well, wing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but they, it made a hole in it. Right, that's okay, yeah. yeah that's, in the wing panel. Right. 
Left-wing panel, yep. And this is something the foam... F- well, we'll get to that. Yes. We to that. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, I, because I, I know how your notes work. Yes. Yes, very yes. linear, right? Yes. We did all the setup in the mm-hmm. last episode. This is going to be the disaster and the fallout. Yes. So really, last week's... Or our last podcast wasn't a disaster. The disaster part. It was, it was the, the prelude. It was the setup to yes, a disaster. it was the prelude to a disaster. Oh, Oh, what a good episode title. I was just, just going to say... Columbia, Prelude to a Disaster. No, I was thinking one. more like a like a really bad horror movie. Oh, oh, okay. That's where my mind went. Okay, well... Like the one about the, the CO2 cloud. Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a good one. All right. So, we're going to start right off now with the disintegration, the explosion... The demise of the crew of the space shuttle Columbia. I'm pretty sure it was. I just, I really hope for their sake that it was really quick. We'll get a little bit into that. Yeah. So, so we've got like a timeline here of what happened during reentry. So the Columbia's reentry into the Earth's atmosphere was treated as normal. Sure. With no concerns about wing damage. Now we're going to get into that a little bit more later, but let's keep going from here. The shuttle was scheduled to land at 9.16 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, U.S. Right. Uh, so here's the timeline of reentry and the crash. So Commander Husband and Pilot McCool. Which is, again. Pilot McCool. <laughs> Willie C. McCool. Willie C. McCool. Like you yeah. could not have a better name for a pilot. It's really awesome. Uh, they initiated deorbit protocol at 8.15 a.m. So interestingly, this was kind of fascinating to me. Purposefully, this was all normal. The Columbia was upside down and tail first over the Indian Ocean. 175 miles up in the air, going 17,500 miles per hour when the deorbit was executed. Okay. So it was typical or a normal or a protocol for them to be upside down and backwards. Because I think, <laughs> Isn't that and, and maybe you have a note on it, but I think okay. that's because all the protective shielding is on the bottom of the aircraft. I, I actually don't have any notes on that, so I, that's. I think that's why. That would, I guess, that would make sense. Um, but I thought that was so weird. Like they're flying backwards and upside down. Going back into the atmosphere. Yeah. 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 I, but I, I, that would be my guess for that being the reason why. Yeah, maybe that that's not a bad guess. So after the deorbit burn was executed and burn was complete, um, Commander Husband turned it back the right way. So now they're headed in a more typical right side up forward fashion. So about a half hour later, 8.44 a.m., Columbia entered the so-called discernible atmosphere of okay. Earth. Um, so they're, um, they're, they're almost almost home. Well, they were 76 miles up now, so yeah. they dropped over 100 feet. Going at a speed of... 17,500 yeah. miles an hour, at least so they're, initially. They're, they're almost home. <laughs> yeah. They'll be here pretty soon. Yeah. Um, so they were 76 miles up over the Pacific Ocean. So they had started their deorbit protocol over the Indian Ocean. They kept going, and now they, they were back over the Pacific Ocean in a half hour. Mm-hmm. It's nuts how fast they go. Um, so there's immense heat upon reentry of a shuttle, uh, and the temperatures on the leading edge of the wings at this point raised to approximately 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit over the next six minutes. Now, just to mention, I 
that's, uh, that's, the, uh, that's just a little hot. Yeah, a little bit. When, when I'm doing my research and everything, I will completely admit... So we're trying to get a global perspective here, right? Different disasters that have happened in all sorts of places. Um, everywhere but the United States pretty much uses metric... <laughs> Yes, they do. In kilometers, I use metric meters. Yes, and and Celsius and, mil- and military time. Yes, um, I purposefully translate everything into U.S. Well, inches yes. and feet well, and miles yeah. and uh, Fahrenheit. So well, this this reaches people from all over the place. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. well. But, but we are. Access but it. we are two people who were born and raised in America. But we're so. dumb Americans, so yeah, <laughs> I, I translate everything into something that I feel like I can speak intelligently to. And I'm sorry, but I'm a dumbass and can't figure out metric. Blame my parents. Their generation were apparently supposed to switch over to the metric system. I think that you know what. Now that you mention that, I honestly think that happened around the same time the Challenger happened. When they decided they not, trying... to, not oh, to switch over. Because oh. I remember being a little kid and ha- having that being brought up in some classroom. But they just never went through it then. Yeah. It's like the, the, the stuff at work that they always say they're going to... Like, everybody's work has a project. Mine was an IT project recently. Yours was, uh, is your shifts, you know, changing. Yes. That they keep talking about for years and never oh, do. Yeah. That, yeah. It, it's just every work no, this is, this is This is, yeah, this is something that... The whole country talked about doing. Yeah, and they just, and years just one day did. somebody was just like, "Yeah, let's just keep." keep hence, it how we go. hence the description in Fahrenheit. Yes. that was all to say. <laughs> so, twenty five hundred degrees Fahrenheit, leading edge of the wings at eight forty four a.m. At eight forty eight a.m., the mod- modular auxiliary data system, which is sort of the sort of the equivalent of a black box, sounds important. It, yes. Um, it's sort of like a black box, except it doesn't actually, re- actually record, um, audio. It records like altitude and speed and stuff like that. It's probably like a diagnostic. Yeah. Like similar the, to, yeah. remember the Cavalese cable car disasters? They had yeah. something like that where they were able to tell that they dipped yeah. below a certain altitude and all that stuff. Uh, so that system recorded a high strain on the left wing, which we know what happened to the left wing. Leading edge. There's a small hole in it. Mm-hmm. Well, six to ten inch diameter. But compared to the size of a spaceship. Well, yes, it was a huge, know. 57 feet high, 120 but something feet considering long. you're flying into something that uh, is 6,000 degrees, is that what it was? 2,500 we're at at this point. Oh, okay, I thought you, what was, well, anyway. I don't know. But anyway, when you're flying into something that's that hot, a six to 12 inch hole could. Right, it, it makes a difference, be, right? Could be a pretty big difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so this this modular auxiliary data system recorded that there was a strain on this left wing higher than what had happened on previous reentries of this shuttle of, of Columbia. Because remember, this and was, this its, was 20, its 28th. 28th flight, yes. So this was its 28th attempt to reenter the Earth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so by 8.52 a.m., Columbia was about 300 miles west of California. Okay. The temperature on the wings uh, likely went up about another 150 degrees. So now we're talking 2650 degrees Fahrenheit. By 8.53 a.m., a minute later, a minute later, they had gone 300 miles, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. We're crossing the California coast west of Sacramento. Wing temperatures were likely above 2800 degrees Fahrenheit. 
At this point, witnesses on the ground saw debris starting to shed from the shuttle. Their speed was Mach (laughs) 22.8, which is still about 17,500 miles per hour. Their altitude was roughly 44 miles up. Okay. So they've so still, they they dropped, they dropped significantly. Pretty close to being all the way home. Well, they had dropped from 175 yeah. when they started. Yeah. Um, they, I, at that speed, they've, literally, they've got just over a minute until they're back on the ground. Right? Yeah, basically. The air around the orbiter suddenly lit up, causing a streak to appear in the sky that was easily visible because it was still just before sunrise in California. Sure. Because this is uh, 8.53 a.m. Eastern, so it was 5.53 a.m. Pacific. At 8.54 a.m., hydraulic sensors were indicating problems reading the status of the left wing. So they couldn't get a read on what was going on in the left wing. If you're going to mention it later, Mm -hmm. that's fine. But at this point, do they have an idea that there's a problem with the wing, the crew inside? Do they think that they... The the answer to that is no. Okay. But we'll we'll go into... That kind of makes me feel better, too. That they didn't. That they didn't really know something. Well, was this up. is gonna come up later. Let's okay. let's get to okay. that later. Right. Let's let's finish the let's finish the maybe, bad maybe thing I, here. Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> um, so they they couldn't re get a read on the left wing from the sensors that they should have been able to. And the maintenance mechanical and crew systems officer at NASA, the MMCS officer, told the flight director Steve Stitch that they were having problems reading the status of the left wing. So it was basically a potential sensor malfunction. Sure. Okay. He's just like, yeah, we just can't get a read on it. Well, I don't know how, how, uh, well, we'll yeah. just, okay. we'll, let's keep listening. <laughs> but it's probably uh, some information they want to know. Yeah, it's, it's important. By 8.55 a.m., wing temperatures were likely up to about 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm. So it's just up and up and up and up in temperature, right? So the shuttle continued to fly east, and at 8.58 a.m., Columbia crossed into Texas. Um, Around this time, the shuttle lost a thermal protection system tile, Mm. which ended up being the westernmost piece of debris they found from Columbia in Littlefield, Texas. Okay. So if you picture Texas, you know there's that little handle Mm -hmm. up by the Oklahoma. That's where this was. It, it, it's it's in the central part that of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where it was found. At 8.59 a.m., so a minute later, the MMCS, the mechanical maintenance mechanical and crew systems officer, told Director Stitch they lost pressure readings on the landing gear tires. So they're starting to lose readings on multiple things. And they tried to get in touch with the crew at this point to tell them about it. Um... The last communication received from the Columbia crew was at 8.59 and 32 seconds a.m. When Commander Husband said, quote, Roger, uh, but, and got cut off, and that's end quote there. Yeah, we know what happened when you got cut off. About five seconds later, so this is 8.59.37, hydraulic pressure was lost. The results would have been a sounding of the master alarm in the shuttle and complete loss of control of the shuttle itself. So this is when things really went wrong. Mm -hmm. The worst of everything happened Mm. between 9 a.m. and 18 seconds and 9 a.m. and 57 seconds. So within 39 second window, witnesses observed the complete disintegration of the shuttle overhead 
as it continued to head east. Because it's still going. And, oh, it's still yep. it's going yep. fast as shit. The cabin of the Columbia completely depressurized by mm. 9 a.m. and 53 seconds. God, that's awful. And the crew module was seen breaking apart. Where the crew was, was seen actually physically breaking apart at 9... 9 a.m. and 57 seconds. By 9.01 and 10, 10 seconds a.m., the module was no longer visible. Yeah. If they hadn't died before that point, they could not... They would have died at the very latest by this point. So this was about a minute and a half after the master alarm. So it, they, it was 100% done, so done they, within a minute and so a half. So they did know that... Well, here, here's what they knew. Something was pretty bad. That's what they knew when that alarm went off. They, they heard, they would have heard the alarm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some really, I'm good with grisly details. I'm actually really good with grisly details. At like reading them and not getting too disturbed by them, but finding yeah, them I guess, fascinating. I guess it depends, but yeah. But I, I read some grisly let's, let's details. You got, you got some? Well, <laughs> so here's the thing. I'm actually going to do something I don't normally do and choose not to give some grisly details. They're on the Wikipedia page, oh, for yeah. one thing. I mean, if people want to know. They if you want to know, you can yeah. find out. It was very specific as to what would have happened to their bodies as this was all yeah. happening. Well, depressurizing, for one. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, yes. you're basically dead at the, that point. Mm-hmm. But they're ta- they were talking about, there were some... Um, some seatbelt failures and they didn't all have helmets on. And Did the bodies actually hit the ground or disintegrate in the sky? We'll, we'll get into that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and another reason I feel like it's, it's kind of speculative because I mean, and this sounds terrible, but the hope is that it all just happened really quickly and it, they depressurized. Yes, they heard the master alarm, but hopefully it happened really quick from there for them and that they, they, just passed out and that was that you know mm-hmm. that that's the hope because these were really brave people doing a really brave thing and, and you hope that it happened as quickly as possible and as little misery as possible for them I, I hope so yeah um but they did go in in the investigation process they did actually go into what would or could have happened to them based on how long they could have been alive sure um, and like I said, the Wikipedia article touches on some of that, how their bodies could have been impacted. Um, but that was taken from the official NASA report, which had deliberately censored sure. information. Because it's a government agency. No, but they deliberately censored information that they thought was too grisly to release. Oh. So what I read was kind of grisly. So what you read there was, was already the kind of scrubbed down version the, a little yes, bit. Yes, it was the toned down version of things. Yeah. So, so there is the potential... That that really really bad things uh, all bad things mm-hmm. happened to them while they were still alive. Um, but there is also very much the possibility that they were already dead when those things happened, mm-hmm. and they while very scarily they would have heard the master alarm and everything. Hopefully everything from there happened pretty darn quick. And that's probably. When the guy said what he said, like Roger, uh, uh, but like yeah, that's like wait when that a second, just went off. yeah. Up until that point, though, they really didn't have a an indication that anything was wrong. 
So search and rescue teams were alerted to the debris area by 9.12 a.m. So about 10 minutes after. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was where. The... Where does it actually go down? Well, we're going to talk okay. about it. Yeah, where, where everything was, was found. So that was the timeline of the actual disaster itself, the crash. But Columbia debris was found in more than 2,000 different sites. Um, yeah, I imagine. Because it was breaking up. Yes, along exactly. The way, so. In Texas, Louisiana, and Arkansas. So oh, three wow. states, yeah. Well, remember, they were up kind of near the They're handle of the, Texas. Yeah, like so, the top hat. Yeah. So most of the de- most of the debris was found between Tyler and Palestine, Texas. So Texas saw the most debris. People found pieces of the shuttle, but to kind of go back to one of your questions, unfortunately, they did find human remains as well. I've, yeah. Specifically, they found arms, they found feet, they found a torso, and they found a heart. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. So they did they not dis- find an intact person. No. Yeah. No. They were dismembered, unfortunately. Yeah. They were not just disintegrated. They were they were dismembered. Ugh. Yeah. That's mm. a really... Again, this was post-mortem, though. You know, so... And the other thing, too... Um, this is in 2003. Imagine if this had happened in 2013 when everybody's got smartphones and oh. are recording... Because you said people saw it breaking up. There are recordings of yeah. it disintegrating. But yeah. there would be a million more yeah. if... Because now people would have been like, what the hell? And yeah, immediately started yeah, recording it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, interestingly, inside aluminum canisters that were found among the debris, they found Petri dishes of tiny worms that were used in experiments oh, okay, okay. that were still alive. <sighs> That's crazy. That well, they were, I guess, they, because they were encased in mm-hmm. these canisters, which were probably meant to be pretty heavy duty. And fireproof. And, yeah, yeah, and they just didn't. So there were survivors. Yes, it was technically just there were. Tiny worms, little itty bitty worms. So, man. The search for debris was the largest ever organized ground search. Wow. Well, it's just well, you said such it. a huge. Three states. Yeah. Uh, some complete jerks tried to sell debris on eBay. Yeah. This was 03, so eBay. Uh, but they were stopped, fortunately. And because just, there's pieces of the thing. I mean, you, yes. could, you could find a piece like this big. Exactly. It could be in your freaking backyard. Exactly. And you yeah. wouldn't even know what it was, yeah. probably, for the most part. So debris continued to be found until at least 2011. So yeah, eight years makes, later, yeah, they were finding identifiable pieces. Sure. Yeah. Like, oh, here's a serial number in the snow. What, what is this? Oh, what the fuck? One of the items they, that was recovered was a 13-minute video shot by the astronauts, the crew members of Columbia, at the beginning of reentry. <sighs> I think I've heard about that. But it showed them going about their usual business, sure. putting on their gloves, passing around the camera, joking to one another like it was very nothing well, out of the ordinary. All Just, And all of these people... Not all. No. Four of the nine. Four of the nine? Three of the seven had been in space before. Wow, I was wrong twice. I was <laughs> yeah, thinking there were nine people on this You're flight. thinking Datsalov passed. I am, yes. That that's, that's where I'm getting nine people. Yeah, yeah. But not some of them, three of them of the seven, had been in outer space mm-hmm. before. So mm-hmm. Close to half of them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the video, but the video ended several minutes before 
there were yeah. indications of a problem. So there was no videographic evidence of the So NASA says. Well, let's not start a conspiracy. No, but, but hey, they, they scrubbed the other stuff. Not that I want what? to see that. Scrubbed what other stuff? You were saying the, the details it, on the... The details were withheld, but it was clear they were withheld. Like, yes. They were redacted. No, I was... <laughs> okay, let's not start any conspiracy theories here. So the Columbia Accident Investigation Board was created right away after the accident. Chaired by U.S. Navy Admiral Harold Gaiman Sr. Senior, Jr. I'm going to try that again. Senior, Jr. Genior. <laughs> So the Columbia Accident Investigation Board was created immediately after the accident, chaired by U.S. Navy Admiral... (laughs) I'm going to get it right this time. Harold Gaiman Jr. Okay. And consisted of 12 members, including Sally Ride. Oh. Who is Sally Ride? She's the first woman astronaut? Yeah, first woman in space. Yes. Yes. Or woman in space. Okay. Mm -hmm. I knew, yeah. Well, but she was an astronaut. Yes, yes. Uh, the flight data recorder was found on March 19th, 2003, which helped them reconstruct what happened hey. during this disaster. Which is a lot of reconstructing to do. Yeah, yes, but they knew pretty much right off the bat that the foam that fell off during the launch was the cause of everything. It's the cause of the whole disaster. Or was the cause of the wing damage, which was the cause of the disintegration and the loss of control of the... Those, those pieces fit together. Yes. The piece of foam responsible for the wing damage, the left bipod ramp, was supposed to reduce aerodynamic stress in, in the shuttle. It had been observed falling off, or parts of it falling off, and you touched on this before, in four other flights... On shuttles. Yes. One actually even caused a dent in for the foam hitting the shuttle, just not it, it was just a dent, not not damage that would have caused any problems. Right. Uh, but all of those flights had gone through completely successfully. Nothing like this, no catastrophes resulting from it. NASA even called it foam shedding. They had a name. They had their for own it, term for it. Right? And they kind of considered it no big deal because they it was kinda like Par for the course, no problems caused by it. And in fact, a sociologist named Diane Vaughn calls this normalization of deviance, where it's a phenomenon they also that also precipitated the Challenger explosion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The idea that this is something unusual, but because it happens so often, it seems like it's not and it unusual. it hasn't caused a problem yet. Exactly. But that didn't mean it couldn't, but it, which but the, clearly it did. The yet is, exactly. is the, uh, the biggest part of that. I have heard that before. Yeah. So the when the foam, foam shedding occurred on Columbia, on this 28th launch of Columbia, uh, it was actually observed the next day, the day after the launch. The footage was. The footage, yes, of this foam shedding was observed because they they took There's... footage of the, the launch. They got it, the film developed and had it the next and, day. And they're just trying to make sure. They're like, okay, it's Well, something... it's just typical review, yeah. I would imagine. Did the launch, everything with the launch go okay? Right, and yeah. Probably, yeah. And it was high quality resolution for the yeah. time. This is almost 15 years ago now at this yeah, point. Yeah. This is before civilians had HDTVs. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like, like that. Like in your phone. Yeah. You have... Uh, I'm sure they had that stuff 
where they were, but uh, right, right, yeah, it didn't necessarily hit uh, hit the consumers yet. All the fancy toys they had. Well, or they only had so much technology. Even NASA had, you know, yeah, at that point. So the the this video showed the foam striking the left wing, but they couldn't tell whether it had if caused it damage anything. or not. Yeah. Damage or not, yeah. And because it had happened, this foam shedding was pretty typical. They kind of assumed right. it didn't because, cause because a problem. it made it to space okay. It did right. what it had to do. So they're like, okay, well, right. yeah, no big deal. Now NASA engine engineers NASA yes NASA engineers made multiple requests to get the Department of Defense to have the astronauts inspect the wing to find out for themselves for sure. Just to make sure. If everything was good, to try to determine if there had been any damage. Let me guess, the uh, Department of Defense is like, eh. No. No, NASA's management wouldn't cooperate. Mm. But the details about the Department of Defense's involvement in Columbia are still classified. Uh, Of course they are. Mm. Flight Director Steve Stitch actually emailed Commander Husband and Pilot McCool about the foam strike during their mission, but said, quote, There is no concern for RCC, those are the wing panels, or tile damage. We have seen the same phenomenon on several other flights, and there is absolutely no concern for entry, end quote. Which is like, Everything's okay. Nothing to see here. It's a devi- Have fun in space. It's a deviation of what was it? It's uh, a, a normalization of deviance. Normalization of deviance. Yeah, that's a good term, I think. But basically, he flat out was just like, eh, whatever. No we've been problem. Through it. We've been through it before, and we turned out okay. He basically lied to them without knowing it was going to be a lie, you know, because they well, up did until, not. Up until that point, what he was saying was true. Yeah, but I, let's I mean, keep it was. going. Yeah. He's like, yeah, this hasn't been a problem yet. It was... So here's the problem. Why, if you saw something that would have been, you thought was typical, this foam shedding, Mm -hmm. you saw that it hit, there was impact on Mm -hmm. a part of the shuttle, but you couldn't tell whether there was damage or not, what's the smartest thing to do? Well, just check it just to make sure. Find out, yeah. yes. Yeah. Make sure. That's but that's that's right? the part where I'm like, that's see to me that doesn't make any sense either. Why didn't they check it? Right. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yes. Why didn't they check yeah. it? Well, here's well him denying that. Uh, yeah, like specifically that's, that's without without having known. Yeah. So here's why. It was determined that NASA management basically gave up on even trying to find out if there was damage because they thought. Even if there was damage detected, they couldn't do anything about it. Oh, sure they could. I know! I mean, They're NASA! Because weren't they docking with a space station at some point? No, this was not a space station mission. This was just... This the... was science and research. Okay. They were just orbiting. Okay. They could have sent up another shuttle and docked with another and, shuttle and, and we're gonna get something into that like that. a little bit. Yeah. But NASA management was like an... an Mm. Well, well, be, well. Take keep in mind, and, and this is where I'm going. I thought this is what you were gonna say, and in a way, you're kind of saying this. They couldn't do anything about it, is quote for, we're already over budget for this mission. <laughs> we don't have like the extra money to that's, spend. That's not where I'm going. Because no, 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 it doesn't that, that's matter. But, but that's how I was taking it. But nope. that's that's how. This is not what happened. This was not about money. But I'm just saying, I'm 
Anyway, okay. I gotcha, but that's not where this is going. Okay. This is going someplace much like much that's stu- bad enough. Much stupider. Yes, much. Stupider. Oh, okay. That's not much that's stupider. Not what I was expecting. But think about this. NASA management said, "Well, if there's something wrong with this shuttle, we can't fix it." Do you remember that scene? And I know it was highly dramatized, but in Apollo 13... I, that's immediately what I thought of. They took, Even like, vacuum cleaners and pipes and shit. Well, the guy walks and into the room, he's like, we have to fit this into, into this. this. using Make this. it happen. Using this. And it was, like, duct tape. Yeah. And, and they and all, they like, got happen. to work. They yes. made it work. <laughs> yeah. They made it work. <laughs> yeah. Because this if they is, didn't, these people were going to die. This is the this is NASA. Yeah. You know? They figured out how to put people yes. into outer space and have them come back. Yes. So, yeah, they could fix probably whatever. So here's my question. Like, if you were NASA management and somebody was like, hey, we've got evidence that something hit the wing. We just don't know if it caused any damage. A, your first thing, would it not be like... Well, we better find out if it did. And then... I mean, again, this is... No, 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 I'm not saying take out take out any... Like, oh, you're just saying if I yes, was the... Yes, I'm literally... Of course, a, my, my yes. first thing would be, okay, well, let's make sure. Let's make sure. It's okay. Maybe we're... Not 95% sure, 110% sure. They could, the astronauts could check it. Let's yeah. make sure it's yeah. fine. Now, Because they, they can probably, uh, at least a couple of them can probably do spacewalks. Right, there was an option for that to happen. Now, say that they confirmed, oh man, yeah, there's this 10-inch, you know, diameter. That would be enough. And and you know what you would do? Let's try to fill it somehow. You would work for the next two weeks (laughs) because they were up in space for like 16 days. Yes. And either you figure out how to do it or they die. (laughs) Remember, all seven of these people have a grand total between all of them. They have 127 PhDs. Right, basically. (laughs) So so probably just one of them could have figured out what to do. That's the crew. Imagine the people on the ground. The people on the ground, yeah. And they collectively have 1,467 PhDs. Yes. So, (laughs) So, and and even if they thought it's like, man, there's no way to do this, you try. Yeah. For two weeks to figure, figure it, it out. out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At and least you're, not, you're trying. And you're not coming back until you do. Yeah, basically. I mean, basically. because if you try to come yeah. back and you don't, you yeah. might die. Yeah. So, but unfortunately, reportedly, this attitude of, well, we couldn't do anything anyway. Acceptance of deviance? What was it? Normalization. Normalization of deviance. Yeah. No, it, was like, ah. it was apparently just a we cultural... Well, because they had already had this happen to three uttle, three uttle, three, three, <laughs> three other shuttles that took off. Three, the foam, foam shedding, I think four. four. Okay, so this was the f- fifth time it had happened. Let me look back at my notes. Four. This four was, other this was, the fifth. Okay, so this is the fifth time. Mm-hmm. All nothing happened with the other four. So there is still that. But they hadn't observed it hitting any other part of a shuttle. But they had known that it had before. That it had in caused right. a dent in one case. Right. And they but they probably, saw that this hit the wing. Right. But they, when those other four shuttles came back, they probably inspected them. Like, let's look at that spot. And if all they ever found was a dent, then they, they were probably just could. like... Yeah. You know. But, but they didn't make sure. And they did. That's, that's, that's the thing. Yes. They, they called this, like, a, an organizational cultural problem in sure. NASA at the time. That there was this attitude of, well, this isn't worth... 
And it's, like investigating, it's which worth is noting, terrible. It's worth noting that that's what led to the Challenger disaster well, as well. Yeah, Just with a different thing, yeah, but yeah. the same, same culture. So one manager named Linda Ham was called out specifically she the in one the investigation. Is she the one that's always hamming it up? Har, har, har. No, that would be you. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't help it. I I'm know, sorry. I know. I knew there would be a joke about her name. So, she apparently said, ready for this? I am. If it has been damaged, meaning the wing of the shuttle, it's probably better not to know. I think the crew would rather not know. Don't you think it would be better to have the... Uh, for them to have a happy, successful flight and die unexpectedly during entry than to stay in orbit, knowing that there was nothing to be done until the air ran out? She really said that? Yes. And how do you know? Was there like a well, recording of it? Well, this came out or? in the investigation. Was there a this, recording or is it like an eyewitness this account? This came out during the investigation. I can't tell you what oh, okay. the... But this was in their report. Oh the board's God. report that she had said this. I, I'm picturing that she's saying this. While she has a martini in one hand and like a cigarette in the other, and she's the type of person that wears sunglasses indoors, right? Like that, that's what, <laughs> right. That's what I'm picturing. Like, like this is like darling, like <laughs> darling. Like, like wouldn't you like? Yeah, like she turned into one of the Ab Fab ladies all of a sudden. Oh, <laughs> sweetie like, darling, sweetie darling. Don't you think it's better that they just disintegrate than suffocate? Isn't does anybody have some <sighs> cocaine? But here's my here's my words for Linda Ham. What the hell, Linda Ham? Like, what the absolute hell? This... The, the only... The, the, like, the I'm <laughs> trying so hard to give her, like, some sort Benefit of a of saving out. grace. The only thing I can come up with is because you said they had a culture of kind of... Yes. So the only thing I can come up with is maybe she said it jokingly. <sighs> I mean, maybe, because you can't... That's horrific. It is, but again, these okay. people, these are all alpha people. And, right, driven people. And they're all, and the people who are on, not to say they're cowboys in the terms of, like, dickheads, but they're pioneers, explorers, everybody that works there has an ego ten times the size of ours. Right. So, something like that, where, hey, they could die, between people like that is, I mean, you know I, I mean? I understand that maybe it could have been missing. All I'm saying is, I hope that's what it was. It's still awful. I know. But that's the only... But here's the other thing that maddens me about it. Like, if this was found in the investigation, I'm assuming they were taking her seriously, what she was saying. Yes. So, she was presenting a false choice. She was saying either... She was saying they're going to die either way. Yes. She was saying that they couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Nobody in, in NASA could figure it out. And that is making a judgment based on... Not even giving not a even chance. having information yeah. about it. Not even it. having. Hey. Yes. Just to let you know, foam hit your wing. There's going to be a schedule change tomorrow. Two of you are going to do a spacewalk and yeah. check it out. I mean, that's that's all. Maybe it was reparable. Who yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But so that's completely so her uh, finalization is completely taking out the option of giving them a chance. Yes, and the other thing. Is she which, said, which I'm pretty sure they would have been able to pull off. Well, and here's the other thing. She said, quote, I think the crew would rather not know. How is that her call to me? Right. So my contention is that... Uh, my fiance, she prefers driving in hurricane-like conditions. Right. 
She'll be fine. All right? No. Well, we, we don't need to send her a taxi. All right? Well, my, my point is that Linda Ham made a call that wasn't hers to make. Yeah. And that she specifically assuming, was like... Assuming that she knew... Yeah, what they, they would have Well, number one, okay. that they would choose one form of death over the other. Right. Hey, you never know. Maybe one of them maybe, did want to suffocate. Maybe. They're like, hey, every last breath. Or maybe they just wanted to try something. To try to live. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so. how about we try to figure this out, and at worst we end up lost in space and Be- suffocate. Because you know? if they go on this spacewalk... Mm-hmm. And again, I'm I'm just throwing right, right. I'm not, speculation. I'm not throwing out bullshit because I mean, I think most people who are listening to this, they know what a spacewalk is. And that, it's speculation. And that astronauts are perfectly capable of doing it. Right. I'm gonna guess they have trained a I couple imagine, of people yeah. on this flight that could do that. I guess so. So all she had to really all she had to do was say, "Hey, tomorrow you two guys were supposed to do this. Tomorrow instead you're going to do this. Two of you are gonna go outside." Check the wing, because we saw the foam hit it. Make sure that there's nothing. If there's nothing, great. If there is something, you need to figure, You need to tell me how bad it is. And if it's bad enough where it's going to cause a problem in reentry, you're not coming back until you fix it. Well, it would be the NASA astro- the NASA crew on the ground would be working on that yeah. too. Right. Well, they both would. That's be. the thing. It's yes. not like well, right. you guys stay up there and figure it out no, for but, yourselves. But they can't. That's not what it but is. But they would have to be the ones to repair it. Well, so to put it in that frame, so in well, le- yeah. until you repair it, you're not well, coming back. Right. Well, but that's the thing is that she was even saying she wasn't even she was giving ta- them that no, option. No. No. And that's just such. Ugh. So okay. No one individual in this investiga- investigatory report was actually called out as the one person sure. who was to blame. Well, like they said, it was a culture. Yeah. Of- um, but Linda Ham was demoted and transferred out of her management position in the space shuttle program after this. Uh, I would really hope that she never worked in government again. Well, here's the problem. I read, I read, but there was not an. So I'll I'll put this disclaimer on it. There was not a citation that I could sort of go back to where I felt confident about it. Sure. But I did read somewhere that she is actually still with the space program and has worked her way back up to a place where she's actually making decisions again. Hmm. Now, again, I'm actually calling out a person here and speculating that she may still... God, I I hope that they're... uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll just cut all this shit out. but, But basically... Ugh. This is, that's just such a horrible thing. It's so, so hard. Anyway. And that's what I'm thinking is, so if she still is speculative, speculatively, mm-hmm. speculatively, yeah. If it is speculative that she still works for NASA, then maybe what she did say was kind of an inside joke culture kind of thing. Maybe. And it was like, well, we've got to knock her down a few pegs, but she's been here long enough. She actually knows what's going on, so... Well, for so what it's maybe. worth, too, she was not the flight commander. She was not. So, and he was the guy who emailed them and was like, yeah, yeah nothing happened. Yeah. When he didn't know. He had no so, idea. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't just one person, and that's the thing, is that this investigatory report didn't it was every- say well, that it was just one person. It was everybody. Yeah. I mean, something like this doesn't happen without a lot of people being responsible for right. it. Right. Now, here's something interesting. As far as what options could have been put into place to save them... The crew of the Columbia, uh, there were options. A repair was actually super risky. Okay. Repairing the the wing, 
But they, the investigation board determined that a rescue mission, though risky, could have been possible and could have been successful. There was a decent chance of survival of the crew, um, provided that NASA management had acted quickly, that they had looked at the wing to found the damage and then put this plan into place. Um, so what the plan would have could have been was that the space shuttle Atlantis mm-hmm. uh, was close to a planned launch anyway, March first. So they could have just moved it up. And... They would have they would have bumped it up mm-hmm. a bit put to in, try to help Columbia. Put in because this is a rescue mission, so probably put in their absolute best crew that they had. I, I would imagine maybe even a different crew. Yeah, yeah. depending. Yeah. yeah, and then. The Columbia could have hung out longer in yeah. orbit because it's not like they had because the one woman was she was saying well it, they they run out of oxygen but I'm sure they had more than what they more than used. what they were going up yes. there to use yes exactly. just in case something happened. exactly yeah. so it was kind so, of like they could have hung out longer they could have pushed up the date right so it it, it, it was it was possible mm-hmm. probable who knows yeah. but it was possible so there would have been an overlap of about five days where they could have actually met up for a rescue. Uh, the crew, uh, so the crew would have from the Columbia would have been taken aboard the Atlantis, so they would have abandoned ship, essentially, and Columbia would have been intentionally crashed into the Pacific Ocean. Okay. That yeah. would have been yeah. the rescue plan. Yeah. Well, because you couldn't, if they weren't going to fix it, they're not going to be like, right. well, well, just in case. That costs a lot of money. Why don't you try to fly it back? <laughs> right. No. <laughs> no. Plus, what goes up yeah. must, come, must down. come down. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, they, they would have, yeah. So, so there was an option, at least in retrospect. There were know. more options than two ways of death. Yes. Which was all that that director gave yep. them. Yep. Yeah. Because she, she literally said... They're either going to suffocate or they're going to disintegrate. Right. She didn't say, or we're going to try a rescue, or we're going to try a repair. So They're dead one way or the other. Yeah. Which would you... Now, okay, in that scenario, like, I'll choose the suddenness, probably, if I knew it was going to be like that. But but that's the thing. It's a false choice. It It is. It was not mandatory that they had to choose from those two things. They could have chosen, you know what I, how I want to die? I want to die trying to keep myself alive. You know? And maybe one guy would have been, I want to go on a spacewalk and never come back. Yeah, no. Hey, go for it, buddy. So. Whatever. So there were options. And the thing is, if they knew about this foam a day after the launch, they had a solid two weeks where they knew about this and didn't tell the crew. At all. In fact, they told the crew it was no problem. Right. So. Anyway, uh, so the wing panels that had the hole in them were supposedly impenetrable. So they actually had the thought that, eh, even if they got hit, they wouldn't have gotten damaged. Because the worst that had happened to them up to that point with the foam hitting them was a dent. Yeah, right, exactly. And and they thought that these... They knew they weren't literally impenetrable, but they downplayed the idea that anything could ever really but happen. But they also thought they could hold up to that. They could hold up to some foam Well, the they rationalized models that showed they could be damaged, but they said they're like, yeah, no, it, it would only be superficial damage. That's what computer models. Well, I mean, a six to ten inch hole on something the size of a freaking small building is somewhat insignificant. But damage, they would have. No, they would have known that it could have caused this sure. problem. So uh, yeah. 
there's also speculation that poor modes of communication caused problems on the ground before Columbia's reentry. So NASA and Boeing used PowerPoint for information sharing, and it's multi-level bullet points show single pages of information. You know, like how PowerPoint works, right? I, it's I, like I these bullet, yeah, we I, I've seen a everybody. presentation or two. <laughs> um, but this is not ideal for complex aeronautic information. It sounds, it sounds a little beneath their, their capabilities. It's what you use it like... A standard office. It's what it's what an idiot uses his first time making a presentation well, and screws it up badly. Yeah. Uh, so I would be the idiot in that story. So the idea is that maybe this. This it just sounds like they weren't taking it very seriously. They, that's they, that's the ultimate thing. It there's a possibility that this that this information being shared on PowerPoint made things look rosier than they really were. Because it wasn't as complex or as detailed or couldn't convey that in a way that would be understood properly. All right. So the investigation board found that, yes, the foam caused the damage to the wing panel. Organizational structures within NASA were badly flawed. Mm -hmm. The crew didn't have time to prepare themselves for the disaster. Some of them weren't wearing their safety gloves. And one didn't that's, have a helmet on. Yeah, that's kind of crazy because they're they're in reentry at this time. But, I would think that would be a standard. But this was not at the time standard procedure for re- requirement but for reentry. You would re-entry. think it would be. It became. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, new policies. Not were that in- that really would have done anything anyway. It sounds like, but still, right. Just new policies were. In- it was another lesson learned. Yeah. New policies were implemented to give the crew more time to prepare for descent. Right. Because so. just let's say they're ten miles from the ground, which is they're close and fucking piece of the roof flies off the one dude's not sitting there with a seatbelt, and he's just like well if you just had your seatbelt, right like it's like yeah. it's like wouldn't you be fully geared coming back to earth anyway before this happened you would think it was it was common sense but yeah. this is one of the things that made it yeah. common sense i okay. guess okay well at least they learned their lesson well, on they that. did learn their lesson on that the safety harnesses to so their seat belts essentially malfunctioned during descent now again that wouldn't have saved them but it was a clear, like, this is a problem. What if there was a smaller problem that wouldn't have caused death, but it could have caused injury or death because they their seatbelts malfunctioned? So they did upgrade the harnesses and the shuttles after that. And recommend they recommended that future spacecraft crew survival systems should not rely on manual activation to protect the crew. Okay. So the, that's what the this report concluded. So after Columbia, after this disaster, the NASA space shuttle program was suspended. Mm-hmm. Then the next shuttle that launched was a couple years later on July 26, 2005. Um, the, Disco- the Discovery returned to orbit. Interestingly, another piece of foam came off the shuttle. Mm-hmm. Foam shedding. This time it did not hit the orbiter. So they dodged a bullet, literally. And thankfully, that didn't cause any damage because of the potential danger that they were like, what? This foam is falling off again. They suspended the program again. Mm-hmm. Now, they launched um, another year later, the Discovery, again, on the 4th of July, 2006, uh, against objections from its chief engineer and head of safety, who would be, I think, the person you would want to listen to the most. I would think you would want to listen to that guy before you're flying people into outer space. Yeah. If, he's, if he's saying, hey, I don't think this is a good <laughs> idea, 
I don't know about you, but I, I, I would I'd take it, like, I would yeah, take his word for it. Yeah. Oh, he's just being overly cautious. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Reading all those books made you stupid. Right. Like we're we're doing this mission. <laughs> Screw you and your PhD. Yeah. Yeah. All seventeen of them. Yeah. So, again, the foam insulation <laughs> cr- like the foam insulation cracked prior to launch this time. Why? I'm having trouble figuring out why they can't figure this out. I know. They gave the go-ahead to launch anyway. Even the crack in the... Everything went okay. Fortunately, the Discovery landed successfully on July 17th. Though it was realized that, yes, more foam had been shed from the orbiter. So this is continuing on for, like, three more years. And this is... Okay, so this is... This is the seventh time it's happened, I think, in a row. Well, let's see. There was the first four, then... Yeah, yeah, basically. But they weren't happening... So what were they doing before? Because none of these... Like, when it first started Like, why did it happen sometimes, but not other times? Potentially just... Like, there was a large failure rate, but it wasn't 100% every time it happened. It was just, it could very easily happen okay. and did so on So it was something occasions. they kind of took into calculation. Well, like it this, was this could or not, possible. This could or could not happen at launch. If it does, it has a record of only killing seven people. Right. <laughs> it only, of the seven times we know of, it only killed one crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seven people. Yeah. So every time it's happened, uh, statistically, it's killed one person. One out of seven. <laughs> there we go. That's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I that that is crazy. And you know, all eyes are on them when they're doing these, these next launches. They're doing more launches. I had. You're, I'm saying after this crash. Oh, oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. The next couple launches they do, mm-hmm. all eyes are going to be on them because they're going to be the yeah. last time you guys sent people into space. They didn't come back. And the foam still came off. Yeah. yeah it's it's. Twice. Twice. And, the, and the second time, with the, the head of safety being like, oh, Don't do what? this. Pull, don't pull the trigger. Like, the whole time, they had that guy on camera, uh-huh. like, at the launch, and it was at, like, 3-2. They had that guy, like, in his office, like, doing, doing, the, doing, cut-off doing, the, doing the cutoff sign to his neck, being like, oh, and the, the CNN person was like, did you just see that? And they're like, oh, it's launching. And, like, what? And they would have scrubbed that from, like, history material. Like, that would have been, like, a, a, a freaking... Uh, conspiracy episode. Right. Like, they only showed this clip on the news right. one time, and it was of the safety director doing the... Or on his <laughs> knees praying with a rosary or something. Yeah. He had a rosary in his hand mm-hmm. around his neck. Uh, he was wearing one as a headband. He'd made a whole bodysuit out of rosary. He had, all, he had all religions represented to <laughs> yes, cover his bases. All 50,000 of them. Right. Yes. He had like, uh, he had a mezuzah. Uh, call back to the Israeli or yes, astronaut. Yes, but I don't remember what the hell that was. <laughs> a little piece of parchment, you know. Oh, that's right. Bible verses yes. from Deuteronomy. Okay. Anyway. That he had tattooed on his forehead. The mezuzah. No. What? It was just a joke. I'm but, just saying he had, <laughs> he had like, oh, the symbol the of it. Oh, the guy. Yes. I got you. I'm, I thought you meant the astronaut. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, we are just, a couple beers just, in, aren't we? try to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure this is I see I see now how it led you down that path. <laughs> That's not where I was trying to go. <laughs> Alright, so I should have left it at he he made a bodysuit out of um uh, a mezuzah? A mezuzah. Yes. That's not... That's not... The head of NASA safety made a mezuzah bodysuit. It doesn't work like that. 
I'm just saying that's, that's the extreme he took it to. Did I not? Did I not properly explain the mezuzah? <laughs> you did. I mean, I kind of remember it. <laughs> but we we drank a little bit, or I drank way a bit before uh, you even got home. Before we did that okay. other half, of it. but I do remember what you're talking about now. Yeah. Because there has been well at that time he was the first Israeli. Astronaut, Astronaut yeah. So that's what he brought up as a souvenir or like a... Like a good luck term kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. An yeah. It was a, a, yeah, a specific, like a, a symbol, a symbol of significance. Yes. yes. To his people. Like this is... Yes. Yeah. As, as a representative of Israel. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was what again? <laughs> no, no. But what oh, was oh. it? It's a small piece of parchment that's in, encased in a little like case. Okay. Um, you can, you can make a bodysuit out of that. I think typically you like are supposed to put it over your doorway. Okay. It's it's because of the. I have no should I look up mezuzah now that we're like into <laughs> I, it? You know what? <laughs> it's it's making me think that there probably is a mezuzah massacre out there somewhere because these are the Israeli people we were talking about. They die all the time. So maybe that, maybe that'll be a future podcast. A mezuzah massacre. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Maybe okay. I did. Maybe I did say massacre, but I don't think I did. I think you said massacre. I just didn't hear the second syllable. <laughs> we have it on tape either way. Oh my god. Okay, I think we need to end this. So <laughs> I have. I've got to learn. <laughs> this has devolved so quickly. The mezuzah massacre. The mezuzah massacre. I was just picturing like the Lone Ranger. <laughs> But instead of like a mask, but, he has but, a but mezuzah. a Jewish, but a Jewish Lone Ranger. <laughs> he has like a mezuzah on his mask. I don't know. Let me just finish here. Okay. <laughs> the last shuttle launch of NASA's space shuttle program was the Atlantis. Like uh, 2011. Yep. Jan- okay. Yeah. July 8th, 2011. Chad went to that. Oh, okay. Yes, Chad and, and my aunt Manuka were. Okay. Um, and they touched down safely on July 21st, 2011. Three of the fully functional orbiters still remain. Atlantis, Discovery, and the Endeavor. I know what happened to the other two. Challenger and Columbia, yes. Mm. And then there's also, like, the first prototype that was done for just testing. It is still it's in still existence, there. but yes. it's not a functional They orbiter. did a, uh, yes, I've seen a thing on uh, Nova or Modern oh, okay. Marvels about it. Okay. Yeah, it's in the... Mm-hmm. It's a museum in their, it's or in their, something? Yes, it's in their museum in Cape Canaveral. Okay. All right. I have been to Cape Canaveral. I have, but I was like 10 years old when I yeah. went there. I don't really remember it. You've been to the Kennedy Space Center? Yes. I know that. Oh, yeah, okay. when I was a little kid. All right. Yeah, I was like 14, 15. But I, I kind of remember what it looked like from the outside. Uh-huh. Because like, all I remember driving up to it was that there was nothing around it. Yeah, and then it's all, just And then all of a sudden, there's space. this yeah. huge campus of mm-hmm. freaking buildings. Mm-hmm. Huge buildings. Yeah. And Florida is flat as shit, so yes. you can see for yes. miles, uh-huh. especially where they were. That's that's really all. I don't remember being inside. Yeah, I don't. I don't really remember anything else. I kind of remember sort of the museum-y part of you know, like the exhibits and stuff like that. And I remember driving like they take you on these little tours, you know, where you drive around that because it is such a massive I'm, campus. I'm sure we did all of that, but I just yeah. I don't remember. I just remember seeing the buildings for the first time, and being like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, because you were. You're in the middle of nowhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. And then here's where the all the spaceships mm-hmm. launch, yeah. It's pretty impressive, yeah. It is. We should go there someday. I would love to. I'd love That'd to go there. very again. cool. Yeah. <laughs> all so, right. So while we make plans on a podcast <laughs> for your enjoyment, we're making these... Hey, if you want to send in suggestions of where else we should go, <laughs> go ahead. You can find us on... Uh, 
Not yet. You'll be able to very soon. <laughs> you by the time this comes out, you will be able to By the time to. you hear this, yeah. you'll be able to find us on Facebook. We may Twitter, have to edit in all that information because right now Instagram. we're we haven't even released our first episode and this is episode seven we're recording now, so But we're close. We're gaining on it. We're close. Just have to do a little bit of editing, a little bit of website tweaking. Mm-hmm. Get, get all this stuff actually up and running, and then we'll actually be able to interact with all of you. By the yes. time you hear this, we will have. By the time you hear this, we'll have a legion of fans. Yes, thousands and thousands of throngs and of we'll, adoring fans. And we'll get throngs <laughs> of adoring emails telling us where we should go on vacation. <laughs> and we'll also get a lot of hate mail, because I'm pretty sure... I was sure going to say either that, or we'll get throngs of emails telling us that, you know, we're listening to this because it's free, we can't afford to go on vacation, so fuck you guys. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that cheery note... We just won't share those emails. Yeah. So, this was the Space Shuttle Columbia disaster. The disaster part of it. Part two. Yes. And and some things, just to kind of wrap it up a little bit. Um, some good measures came out of this. Some some improvements to the shuttle program. Unfortunately, a lot of systemic incompetence persisted. It is what led to it. Yeah. Well, and it stayed around, but the, apparently. But, so the Columbia was on its 28th mission. Yes. That's just one of five space shuttles that... At that time that yes. had shed foam, yes. No, no, no. One of five space shuttles total. Oh, we yes, yes. Well, they... So, yes. Uh, the Endeavor had replaced the Challenger, right. yes. And then there all those... So, I don't know the number, but these five... Well, this was the 113th flight in the oh, space shuttle okay. program. Oh, okay. This so, flight, yes. So by the time this... So five different space shuttles had combined for, at this point, a total of 113 missions. With only... Including Columbia. Right. And only two crashes. With two two pretty notable disasters. Yeah, but that's I mean, still... It, it's... You're going you're gonna to take those odds if it's you're... A two, Two-ish percent chance yeah. of yeah. You have a night. No, you're not even. Gonna, you're you're saying hey, you're, you've got a ninety-eight percent chance to live. <laughs> See, always the sales spin. Yeah, I'm the well, data what, person. Well, well you're what the sounds better? Spin. What sounds better? You have a ninety-eight percent chance to live, or you have a two percent chance to die. Which yeah, I gotcha. Better. Yeah, I gotcha. You got the right. But still, but that's that's. I, I think anybody will take that, especially with what started as they didn't know it's a space. They're like. They're like, this thing is going to go outside of the Earth on its own and come back on its own. That's experimental when they first started doing it, and it, it worked. No, because the Apollo missions had all done the same. They can't, no, they did not, they, the Apollo missions did not land back on no, Earth. No, that's true, they dropped yes. the... Yes, this was, this was a... crew module. This was yeah. a, it was using boosters to take off. That's but true, because they reused coming. the aircraft. Yes, You're and, right. they, and they kept And they didn't it. do that. The, the rockets the from the Apollo missions yeah, did we're all, not return. Yeah, yeah. No. no, you're right. That's true. The crew returned. Yes. Through specific... So yeah. the, this was literally a machine that it just needed a boost getting, on, getting into outer space, but could get back from outer space and land on its own. So they did all these missions... With another boost. But right, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. So they did all these missions, and only two of them went badly. Yeah. That's... I mean, just saying that's that's really good odds. Anybody yes, will, anybody yeah. will take that. And the sad thing is that at least in this case, and and we'll learn more when we go into um, Challenger, but when when we get to that episode, yeah. <laughs> but that the reason was more. It was negligence. It was yeah, in a, more in a, negligence in a way. In a way yeah. It was negligence and just kind of a not 
as concerning as they should have been culturally. Yeah. Well, a uh, normalization of deviance. Yes. That's yeah. a that's a good. That is a great term. It is. I'm gonna I'm gonna end all my emails just, <laughs> just that way. Normalization of deviance. David Zimmer. <laughs> so this has been all bad things. I'm Rachel. I'm David, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>